Good morning. Would you continue our worship with me with our call to worship as printed in your bulletin? Oh, inescapable love, you see us and know us fully. You know our hearts, our dreams, our needs, and our pain. Before we were born, you knew us completely. You formed us cell by cell, bit by bit. You knew each one in their mother's womb. We praise you, for we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are all your works, Holy One. We will praise you all our days. Amen. And now I invite you to stand and join with us in our hymn. I love the Lord, my friends. Would you join us in heart and in spirit as we sing this together? Come on up, MCC, I see you. What?
joy this morning to, to be able to welcome new members into this blessed fellowship that is Middle Collegiate Church. And if you are a new member, or even today, if you've decided that you want to be a part of this fellowship, to say that this is your church home, I invite you to come forward. I know there's some folks who just completed the second new member orientation Yay! today. We're grateful to have each and every one of you here. Please join us in the middle. Friends, we all know that Middle Church is a movement of God's spirit, God's love, and God's justice. And today we celebrate with these new, these new members that Middle is their church home. They stand before you and before God to say that they belong here and are part of this movement. Just as you are, just as you come through the door, we welcome you. Amen. Membership means signing on for the vision of God's reign. Membership means participating in the life of the congregation. Membership means proclaiming that you belong to God and you will use your gifts for God's work. Membership means claiming God's claim on you. Amen. And so now we ask a few questions of you, friends. Uh, we welcome you Middle Church, and we ask, do you claim Middle Church as your own? If say, I do. I do. Um, will you give your heart and your gifts to this congregation and to the larger church? If so, say, I will. Will you love and share with this community in the ministry of Christ? If so, say, I will. Will you study and learn so as to grow in faith? If so, say, I will. Fantastic. And to this congregation, do you promise to love, encourage, and support these people of God by being the gospel of God's love and by giving the strong support of God's people in prayer and in deed? If so, say, we will. We will. So we'd like you to introduce yourself. Say your name and where you're from. My name is Alice Nascimento. I'm originally from Brazil, but I sound like an American, so I've been here for a while. <laughs> My name is Lisa Sofio, and I'm originally from California. My name is Charlotte Bunch, and, um, well, I'm originally from New Mexico, but um, I've been here a long time, and I live in New York and Manhattan. Hi, I'm Kate Sheridan. I'm originally from central Massachusetts, um, and I live a block away, and I found this place two weeks ago, so that was a nice surprise. Thank you. Thank you. Let us pray. God of grace and mercy, thank you for the gifts of these new members. Thank you that we are all your children. Make us more like you in all we say and do. Help us to be your hands and feet in this world. Thank you for who we will become together with these new members. We pray in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Friends and members, I invite you to stand as we sing our song of welcome that's printed on the back of your bulletin.
to welcome Young and Young at Heart up onto the blanket. This is the message for all ages. Would you like me, like to help me spread it out? Thank you, Josephine. Oh, thank you, Tomoki. We got it. All these friends, we have some coming safely from the social hall. Yeah. So many cool friends today. I love it. I love your dress. And I love seeing you up here. And I like your Black Panther shirt too. That's really cool. Friends. Yeah. So many friends. So many friends. Who can tell me what happened this last week on a Tuesday? Yep. Election day. Election day. Raise your hand if you maybe went with a grown-up to when they voted. Yeah? Okay, I see you. I see you, young, civically engaged people. Well, I have an invitation for you. Because, you know what? You might not have been able to vote yet. You might not have hit 18, been able to use the big machines. But I know our young people are paying attention. Yeah, they are listening to what is happening in the world. They are looking at who's being elected, who's representing their communities. And they are onto our movement at Middle. When we said vote with love, our young people are paying attention. They, they have ideas about what love looks like. So when we say vote with love, they have ideas already. They want to share them about what it means to choose love. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes voting with love, choosing love actions, is not always an easy choice. But I'm inviting you to cast a ballot in our vote with love box right here. What's in it? What, yeah, what's in it is already some votes from, from kids at our 930 worship celebration. But here's some ideas, just to keep the wheels turning in your head. I have a heart for each of you that says, love is. You might say, love is giving away one of my favorite toys. Oof, yeah. What if, sometimes love is a hard choice. Yeah. Like, sometimes love is letting someone go in line in front of you. Ooh. Love is sharing. Sharing could come in a lot of different forms. So I want to hear your ideas. Every vote will be counted, my young friends. I have these love is hearts. You can put words on here. You can do a picture and then cast your vote in our vote with love box. And then we'll take all of your ideas and we'll put them together so the adults can be encouraged with your suggestions, your recommendations, your ideas of what love is. And we're gonna keep the Vote With Love movement going. Are you with me? Yes. Yes, okay. This will be in our family zone and it'll be in the social hall after worship as well. Let's stand up and say a quick prayer. I hold the box. You hold the box for us. Keep our ballot box safe. We do not want anyone messing with our votes, okay. Let's hold hands if you're near a friend and repeat after me. Dear God, we want to vote with love every day. Help us choose love 
Even when it's hard. Amen. Amen. Let's sing Siahamba and return to our seats. Good morning. Welcome again to worship here at Middle Collegiate Church. It is a good day to be in church. It is an especially good day to be here at Middle Church. For those of you who were here for the early service and who are, um, you know, walking with us outside and around and up and down, we thank you. Sometimes the Spirit of God is like a rush of water in the kitchen. Amen. That's what we had this morning. Um, Jackie may say a little bit more about this later, but we thank you so much for your patience and your flexibility and for your promptness in going outside. Um, yes, thank you. In that spirit, today at Middle Church, we are kicking off Transgender Awareness Week. We are doing that in several ways. Um, first of all, make sure that you have gotten a pronoun button. Our ushers have those. These pronoun buttons are for yours, for you to take, to take with you, and to wear them proudly. Secondly, at 1.30 today, we will have a panel moderated by Bertram Johnson with Graham and Malaika, our members. Malaika's over there. And they are going to be talking about what it means to be a person of faith who identifies as transgender. You do not want to miss this exciting panel discussion right here. And third, we are so happy to have Graham Bridgman back in the pulpit today. We're so happy, in fact, that Graham couldn't even finish his first sermon. <laughs> Graham is one of our own. Graham has been here over 10 years, got his call to ministry here, and is now in his second year of Divinity School at Yale. So we are so happy to have you here. So proud of you, Graham. There's a lot going on, but I will highlight that tomorrow there will be a concert here in the sanctuary at seven o'clock. It is part of our Mosaic concert series. Tomorrow there will be Broadway performers who are donating their time and putting on a fabulous concert for us that will raise money for specifically for our CBS production that if you haven't heard about yet, we can talk to you more about, but will be happening on December 2nd. Please come take in this beautiful performance of love and bring a friend. It's a great way to introduce people to Middle Church. And finally, this afternoon at four o'clock, you are all invited back to the sanctuary to celebrate our own Rob Stevens on the occasion of his ordination. Ordination is a special time in the life of a church, and it is a very special time in Rob's life. So I know you will want to be here. So glad you are here. So glad you're here. Hi, everybody. 
I'm Jackie Lewis, and I'm so honored to have a chance to uh, pray with you today. Um, I want to invite you to, to take a really deep breath. And exhale it with a little bit of a sound, you know. And take another one. And a little more of a sound. My masseuse told me last week that when we let our sound make a vibration in our vocal cords, we're actually inviting a healing thing to happen in our body. I was like, wow, that's cool. Let's do it again. Uh, I'm an extrovert, so I don't always take so much time for quiet. But I've really been trying to do that more and more. And every time I stop and take a deep breath, I remember the Hebrew word and the Greek word for spirit is the same word for wind and the same word for breath. Ruach in the Hebrew, pneuma in the Greek, both feminine, by the way. But these words about breathing and the wind blowing make me remember about the creation story and God's spirit hovering over the deep. I think breathing is maybe a sacrament, maybe a reminder that God is here. So the gospel choir is saying, God is here in this sanctuary. We can lay our burdens down in this sanctuary. And one of the hopes and prayers I have is that each of us will feel that we're able to have sanctuary no matter where we are. Take another deep breath. Right there in the inhale, and the exhale, the Spirit of God. Let us pray. Breathe on us, O breath of God. Fill us with life anew. However we conceive of you, Holy One, as friend or, or parent or rock in a weary land or shelter in a time of storm, you are also breath. God, filling us with all the things we need to live. Breath, coursing through our blood, oxygenating our brains so we can think and be compassionate, oxygenating our hearts, God, so we can love ourselves and each other and you with everything we have, sending oxygen to our bellies where we can feel empathy and sorrow and excitement and joy with each other, honoring that together in this community, when we share, when we pray, our joys are amplified and God, our burdens are lighter. Help us each time we breathe. This autonomic function over which God, we, we often have no control, come inside with every in and out. Pulse with us, oh God. Palpitate with us. Energize us. Make the sorrows of our neighbors in California's fires rage, the 
tumultuous grief of folks who lost their loved ones in the shooting in Thousand Oaks and the still reverberating tragedy in Pittsburgh and everywhere in the Kroger in Kentucky where gun violence takes lives. God, send our empathy, compassion, and your spirit, your breath to ease the pain of our neighbors and God, to make the value of human life and the second commandment to love neighbor more valuable to this nation than the second amendment to hold guns. God, we pray that our personal and the political will meld in such a way that we continue to vote for change. And we thank you, God, for the way you're showing up in a hundred women going to the house and all the changes that are happening. Muslim women, Native American women, Latina young women, a gay governor, God, you are on the move, moving in and through us with your breath to help us to live out the values of the transformative power of love as we breathe in and out, as we breathe in and out. God, we ask, we ask thanksgiving for the people you've healed, the cancers um, overcome, the struggles overcome, the hurt and addiction overcome. But God, we also know that we still stand in the valley of the shadow. And we ask you to meet us there in the breathing let our breathing every day be a prayer that puts us on your wavelength, God, that puts us in the zone with you, God, that helps us to understand that your spirit can do more than we can ask or imagine through the power at work within us. Let our breathing be a prayer. Let our tears be a prayer. Let our laughter be a prayer. Let our dance be a prayer. Let our art be a prayer. That wherever we go, God, we know you are there. We know, God, in this sanctuary, you are here. We acknowledge you in the name of all that is holy and in all of your holy names. Amen. Will you stand and continue to pray with me? Pray the Lord's Prayer, the prayer Jesus taught his disciples. Pray it the way you know it, whether you're from Spain or France and French and English and Mandarin, in the King James Version or in the modern one printed in your bulletin. Please join us in that prayer. Ever-loving and holy God. so beautiful up there in the balcony, but I know it's hot up there too, so let me just say as we share the peace that is ours to give to one another, you can do a little seed exchange. There's lots of seeds down here. 
Feel free to come on down. Peace be with you. And I'm going to tell you about the coming of the judgment. There's a better day a coming. There's a better day a coming. In that great getting up morning, farewell, farewell. In that great getting up morning, farewell, farewell. In that great getting up morning, farewell. Farewell, in that great in the morning. Farewell, farewell. Oh, preacher, fold your Bibles. Farewell, farewell. Oh, preacher, fold your Bibles. Farewell, farewell. For the last souls converted. Farewell, farewell. For the last souls converted. Farewell, farewell. In that great in the morning. Farewell, farewell. In that great did not morning, farewell, farewell. In that great did not morning, farewell, farewell. In that great did not morning, farewell, farewell. Blow your trumpet, Gabriel. Farewell, farewell. Blow your trumpet, Gabriel. Farewell, farewell. Lord, how loud shall I blow it? Farewell. Blow it right, calm and easy. Do not know more, my people. Tell them all to come to the judgment. In that great getting up morning, farewell, farewell. 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 Then you see them coffins busting. Then you see those folks is rising. Then you see the world on fire. Then you see the stars are falling. Then you see that forked lightning. Then you hear the rumbling thunder. Farewell, Poseidon.
Good afternoon, Middle Church. Today's scripture comes from Psalm 126, verses 1 through 6. Listen for a word from God. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our, tongues was, and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen, church. Will you pray with me? God of heaven and of earth, I pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, in the midst of the mid-election buildup, news broke that this administration was, taking, was planning to take yet another drastic step towards stripping trans people of their rights and human dignity. It's not the first time this has happened. It seems like trans and gender non-conforming folks are always pretty high up the list of easy targets. But this time it felt like something broke. Sitting at my desk, scrolling through my Facebook feed, I read post after post from my friends and my colleagues, full of grief and fear. It was overwhelming. And even in the aftermath of Tuesday's blue wave, it's still overwhelming. Maybe this is your reality as well or the reality of someone you love. Or maybe the thing weighing heavily on your heart this morning is something else. The news about climate change, the voter registration purges, the forest fires, the communities reeling in the wake of another mass shooting, the relentlessly ticking clock marking the number of days it's been since families were separated at the border. Or maybe it's something much closer to home. It's that parent who's started to forget things. That diagnosis that wasn't what anybody was hoping for. Or the number in your bank account that is definitely lower than the utilities bill that's due at the end of the month. In moments like these, it can feel an awful lot like being in the wilderness like wandering in the desert. Even with the bright spots, with everything happening in the world, it can feel sort of like we're in a hope drought. Maybe you feel that too. 
It's certainly how the psalmist's community felt. High on sorrow, low on hope. Despite the celebratory language of the opening stanzas, once we're situated in the text's present, there's actually a fair amount of weeping going on. The psalmist describes their situation as the watercourses of the Negev, empty stream beds in a dry, deserted region so parched that it was thought incapable of sustaining life. They too are in the middle of a hope drought. But this is not a song of sorrow. It would be easy to see how it could be, of course. There are plenty of psalms of lament in the scriptures. Songs that cry out to God, naming the suffering, raging at injustice, pleading for intervention, demanding, how long, O God? And those psalms are necessary and important. But this is not that psalm. This is a song of survival. It's a resistance song. The author of the 126th Psalm sees her community struggling and suffering, and she responds by meeting them where they are and providing them with practical tools. Yes, the landscape is arid. Yes, the light seems dim. But this morning's scripture has something important to tell us about how we get through the hard times. And it offers interconnected strategies for doing so. Those strategies are witness, work, and prayer. Witness, which functions as a countermeasure to despair and isolation. Work, which we engage in as a practice of faith. And prayer, which is both foundational to and informed by the other two. These are the tools necessary for survival in a wilderness where small pools of hope are in danger of evaporating into the relentless heat of trauma and oppression. Witness, work, prayer. Let's begin with witness. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we rejoiced. From the very first line, the psalmist is laying the foundation necessary for survival by reminding her community of God's faithfulness in their lives. She looks back over their history, identifies another time when hope felt scarce, and then tells them again the story of a moment when God turned their mourning into dancing and brought wholeness to a community that had given up hope of restoration after enduring 70 years of deportations, forced migrations, and state-surveilled detention in the Babylonian exile. God has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. This is witness as resistance, as memory-keeping, and as sacred duty. This kind of storytelling lays the groundwork for survival in two very important ways. It counteracts despair, and it shatters isolation. Witness is important because it counteracts despair. 
The act of witnessing to God's past faithfulness in our lives directly addresses the places in ourselves and in our communities that are most likely to be struggling. We know that grief and exhaustion tend to encourage tunnel vision and forgetfulness, and those are exactly the things that rob us of hope. So we tell stories. Stories of freedom marches, counter-protests, and everyday miracles. We celebrate historic firsts. We speak the names of those who got us here, and we lift up those moments, big and small, that are precious in our lives, like prisms to catch the light. We do this because, as historian Hugh Ryan says, if you don't know your past, you can't believe you have a future. Witness gives us perspective as a countermeasure to despair. Secondly, the act of witness shatters isolation because to witness requires more than one person. Keeping history alive and present is both an individual and a communal act. When we come together in community to share stories of God's faithfulness to us, we build solidarity, we strengthen support systems, and we foster an environment where hope can take root. Witnessing gives us an opportunity to be less alone. Not only does that communal witness counteract despair and shatter isolation, though, it also provides impetus for the second strategy the psalmist describes, work. Now, you may remember that in the second half of this hymn, uh, there is a significant amount of sorrow and weeping, and I don't want to downplay the importance of grief, especially in times when things seem bleak. After all, even Jesus wept. But what's remarkable about the psalmist's community, I think, is that even as the people weep, they continue to do the work. They go out carrying the seed. They go out sowing. And this, says the psalmist, is how we survive. We can grieve, we can weep, but we have to do the work. Even in the desert places, even when it might seem pointless, even when hope feels like more than we can muster. Because planting is fundamentally an act of faith. We plant seeds, Cardinal Dearden said, that will one day grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will need further development we may never see the end results, but that is the difference between the master builder and the worker. We are the workers, not the master builders. The ministers, not the messiahs. We are prophets of a future, not our own. In times of hopelessness, the psalmist says, we still have work to do. Because the work is an act of faith, Faith that we have because we know our history and we have not forgotten God's covenant with us. Faith in a God who brings justice, who is interested in our survival, who is on the side of the oppressed and the stranger, the creator of all living things and the lover of our soul. Faith in a God who provides for us in the desert, a God who shows up and who has the potential to change the world at any moment 
turning seeds of sorrow into armfuls of joy and gladness. It reminds me of that Curtis Burrell song, I Don't Feel No Ways Tired. You know that song? I don't feel no ways tired. Come so far from where I started from. Nobody told me the road would be easy, but I don't believe God brought me this far to leave me. I'll say it again. I don't believe God brought us this far to leave us. And because of that, we are called to do the work. Because when we work, middle family, when we do the work of justice, the work of love, when we organize, when we march, when we reach out to our neighbor and stand in solidarity, when we call and call out our legislators, when we host a meal, when we encourage one another, even in the face of overwhelming odds, that, says the psalmist, is also prayer. Prayer is active. Prayer is transformative. Prayer puts things in perspective. Prayer is the framework in which the entire project exists. Prayer is the linchpin that holds together our witness and our work. There's not a separate section of this psalm dedicated to prayer. Instead, it is woven throughout the text when the people laugh and sing when the nations engage in call and response, when the people go out to sow, when the psalmist calls for a new reversal of fortunes, prayer is an ever-present reality. By infusing everything with prayer, the psalmist shows us how critical it is that we not separate prayer from witness and work. Without witness and work, God becomes like a genie, a wishing well, a magic talisman, without the prayer, without the witness and the work, the prayer is simply I want, rather than a conversation. And as Philip Yancey says, we cannot simply pray and wait for God to do the rest. We are called to be active participants. Prayer is a conversation with an ever-present God, a place where we bring our laughter and songs and also our doubts and fears and in the faithful act of bringing them, begin to see ourselves transformed. Friends, we are living in hot mess times, and it is easy to feel like the world is short on hope. When we started, I told you a story about grief and fear and despair, but that's not the full story. Because you see, in the aftermath of that deluge, on Saturday, I found myself in the social hall of a New Haven UCC church, surrounded by hundreds of trans people and our allies. More people than I even thought I had in community. And we came with signs and banners. We came with coffee and food. We came to stand together and bear witness to one another, 
to the hard things we've survived and the work we have done and the sharp, sparkling, impossible creatures we have fashioned ourselves into in moments of transformation. Resilience, defiance, survival, creation. We will not be erased. We will not be defined. We will not be crushed by petty tyranny. We will survive. <laughs> Beloved, these are hot mess times, but we will survive because we believe in a God who is interested in our survival and who is at every moment capable of making the world new. And so it is as we are in this moment. Let us witness, let us work, let us pray. Amen. Graham, thank you so much for that, that word of hope in these hot mess times. We need it desperately. I'm also here to bear witness to one of the dearly beloved ministries of this church, Butterfly, uh, which was started, I think, 18 years ago. Danita, is that right? Wherever she is. Yes, 18 years ago, 2000, uh, which is a ministry that uh, here we prepare food, uh, people assemble it, and then we deliver it to people who are in need of food, people who are living without shelter. Uh, it started off in Tompkins Square Park and now serves, uh, I think every Sunday we serve about 100 people or so, uh, a bag lunch, nourishing food, and a warm handshake and a warm greeting down in uh, Sarah Roosevelt Park. Today is the last day of that ministry for the season. We go from April until November. Uh, as the months get colder, people go into shelter and find different places to be but it's one way that we embody God's presence, where we show up as God's presence in a community in need. Uh, as the season ends, there are ways to continue that ministry. One of the ways that happens is through Momentum, which was started, how many years ago was that? I forget, like in the, in the night? A long time ago, long time ago, way before I was there, but a long time ago. So uh, in addition to the Sunday feeding program through uh, Butterfly on Mondays, there are two meals that are available here at Middle Church. Momentum serves lunch and dinner, and there's a food pantry where people can come get food to sustain them throughout the week. So then there's uh, also throughout worship, every Sunday after worship, there's a meal program in between and after worship services. So food justice is a value in this community because it's a part of God's justice, that people need to be nourished and sustained so that they can do the work of carrying on the work during these Hot mess times, amen? amen? If you've assisted with Butterfly in some way this year, I just want you to raise your hand. There are people up in the balcony, folks in the choir, folks sitting over here, folks in the back. Thank you for being the face of middle, but also thank you for being God's hands and God's feet. Because you go out from us, from this community, and you show the world this is what love looks like. 
As you consider this time uh, to join the movement, I invite you uh, to pray and to consider how you might be able to give to sustain the work of this church, either through your financial giving, um, butterflies ended, but we'll need folks who can serve for hospitality. We need people who can be ushers and welcome folks in. Um, there are financial gifts that you can give to help sustain us through these times uh, of darkness when we go out and try to bring light into the world. Um, as the ushers come forward, I invite you into deeper relationship to God and to service in the way that God leads you uh, through your time of prayer. I invite the ushers to come forward now.
Amen. A praise report that we will have community hour, uh, some food and refreshments afterwards in the social hall. So please join us there. And, uh, and also come say hi to all my parents. Got five of them here. Uh, this is the middle. It works like that. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for this love shack called Middle Collegiate Church. We give you thanks for the word preached today that reminds us of the, the witness to the love that you've already shown us, the holy work that we are allowed to do, and the prayer, the connective tissue that ties it together and ties our hearts to one another and to you. We ask that you dedicate the word and dedicate these gifts to your service more importantly, dedicate our very lives to living out your love here on earth. In your many names we pray. Amen. 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 Ten years ago, I met you. <laughs> what a blessing it is to, what a blessing it is to watch Graham be Graham. What a blessing that is. And you know, as we think about Trans Awareness Week, 
I want to just make sure we keep the T in the LGBTQIA. Mm -hmm. uh, amen? amen. Uh, in every marginalized community, it feels like we can marginalize some other folks. So I grew up in the black church, and you might be in the black church, and they're kind of like looking sideways at the gay people. Just being honest. And maybe the women. Maybe even the women. Maybe the women can't sit on the pulpit, right? There's a way in which we can pass down the oppression or the resistance or the I'm not sureness. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? We, we, we are the people called to work and pray and witness. And the, thank you, choir, and the witness, <laughs> don't forget that one, to bear witness to what God is transforming in us. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Each of us is on a journey. Each of us is coming out mm. from something to something. Mm -hmm. Each of us is being called to show our real, true, authentic, loving body and self in the world. So we bear witness to the truth of Graham and I ask that each of us would shine our light in the world without shade, without hiding. Mm -hmm. Because in these hot mess times, we're all required mm -hmm. to heal the world. Mm -hmm. Go do and be light. Amen. Amen. Amen.